Boba Feet. That sounds like it's a great like spoof idea. Yeah. Does he show up in Thumb War and he's just a toe? I was going to say Thumb Wars. It's like the perfect spoof for Thumb. Because <laughs> he's a toe instead of a thumb. <laughs> yeah. Have you put Thumb Wars on the schedule? Because I've still never seen it. And I think we have. You've never seen point. it? Oh, I've my gosh. It. It's so epic. <laughs> I only know your quotes of it. I know, because I could quote the whole thing. I know you can. I know you can. We well, two new droids from the freaky little hooded creatures this morning. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> the name's Han Duet. This is my partner, Crunchy. A one-armed man killed my wife, Sabrina, a working girl. Now I'm a fugitive and in clear and present danger. I should be presumed innocent, but they're playing Patriot games with me. Raiders, regarding Henry, <laughs> Blade Runner, Air Force One. I'm sorry, what was that last part? <laughs> that's the one. That's that's, that's your classic one. quote. That's your classic. So good. I mean, that's such a brilliant thing. 1999, Thumb Wars. Is it 99? Wow, man. Yeah. It's great. Yes. Oh. One, one of these days. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to This Enduring Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. My name is Steve Rudd. I'm Nick Gunning, and we've been following the Ewoks, but this time our journey through the Star Wars Vintage Collection brings us to Droids. Droids. Today, we're discussing Droids Season 1, Episode 4, Race to the Finish. Finally, this episode originally aired on September 28th, 1985. We were ooey boys. This is one of those ironic titles because it did not feel like a race to the finish. It felt like a slow <laughs> crawl to the finish. <laughs> it sure did. Oh the race gosh. happened in like but here we 35 are. seconds. Here we yeah. are. Uh, here we once are. again, directed by Ken Stevenson, written by Peter Sauter and Steve Wright, also adapted as a children's book of the same name and oh. was released on PAL video. So if you're in the UK, you could have watched this on the PAL tape droids. Droids number one <laughs> <laughs> featured cast member this time. Steve, uh, Steve and I were texting about this episode, and I was like, "There is, there is cause for hope because a cool thing does happen in this episode," and that takes us oh, yeah. right to our featured cast member, which is Don Franks. Don Franks is here as the one and only Boba Fett. Boba Fett has been voiced in the holiday special by two different people. Really, there's two credits for Boba Fett. Gabriel Dell and Don Franks. It's weird. Both are uncredited. Yeah, you're right. Here is an interesting article from okay. the Boba Fett fan club. It says, according to the Star Wars Galaxy magazine's Boba Fett one issue magazine, it says Dell does the voice for Boba Fett's lines for The Empire Strikes Back. However, this is incorrect. IMDb lists the following story. It was incorrectly reported in the Topps Boba Fett magazine that Dell provided the voice of Boba Fett in Star Wars Episode V, The Empire Strikes Back. Lucasfilm eventually corrected the item, confirming that it was actor Jason Wingreen who did the voice for the film and speculated mm -hmm. that the confusion resulted from the fact that Dell most likely provided the voice of Boba Fett for the animated segment of the Star Wars holiday special, but that no record of what voice the actor actually did supply could be found. While it's more commonly thought that Don Franks did the voice of Boba Fett in the holiday special, one film historian strongly believes it was Gabriel Dell. 
However, Frank's daughter has spoken on record saying her father was the original voice of Boba Fett in the holiday special. Dell was one of the original dead-end Bowery boys from over 50 films shot between 1937 and 1958. Born in October 8, 1919, Gabriel Dell passed away in 1988. So I guess we'll never know. There's a little bit of a wow, mystery. controversy about who actually voiced Boba Fett there. I feel like as homework, I need to find some Gabriel Dell movies. Yeah. And really listen to his voice and, and kind of determine, I mean, what is it, Serpico? Well, 1977, yeah. We know Don Franks is the voice of the, the Duloc Shaman uh, in Ewoks. And then even in Droids, yes. he also voices Kaibo Ren, not Kylo Ren, Kaibo Ren and Jan Tosh. This Boba Fett voice in this episode was definitely the same voice as the Duloc Shaman. So I feel like what we have to do now is listen to Boba Fett and the Faithful Wookiee and listen to it here and see if it's the same. But yes, yeah. we've stumbled on an interesting little uh, thing here. We will get down to the bottom of this. We're I gonna will. Have to. We're going to have to make it my life's work now. Hmm. Well, we definitely said it was Don Franks in our story of the Faithful Wookiee episode. So we may have led people astray. The official position of the Radio Meanwhile Network is that the voice of Boba Fett in the Faithful Wookiee is too close to call. It's too close <laughs> to call, ladies and gentlemen. Regardless, Don Franks is voicing him in this episode, and of course, Duloc Shaman, Don Franks. So it's a it's a familiar voice here. And we get Boba Fett. We get Boba Fett in all of yeah. the Ewoks episodes. We never saw a familiar Star Wars character other than like a stormtrooper, an undisclosed stormtrooper. Uh -huh. This is the first yeah. time in these animated episodes that we're seeing a legit screen character make a, an appearance. And it's crazy that they use him for this, which... I I guess at the time, we think like, okay, droids would be like an Outer Rim style show yeah. and Boba Fett would be an Outer Rim style character. Mm -hmm. It became more familiar with like the book Tales of the Bounty Hunter, right? Yeah. Like, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, Boba Fett works. But I was just like, whoa, Boba Fett, he's just become so mainstream because he's one of those, he's like one of the most famous characters in Star Wars that yeah. has like three lines. True. That's it, you know? Yeah, I just thought it was like, at first it was very surprising. And then I was like, oh, this actually kind of makes sense. This is where he would be. Yeah. So he would be at the Bunta, not the Bunta Eve, but the Bunta, Bunta Speeder race. Whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, we had talk of Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. So Jabba the Hutt was of, referenced. Lots of Star Wars references here. So he's doing, he's doing jobs for Jabba. He's doing it. All right, let's get into it, Steve. Hit me with your uber detailed plot. All right. Droids Season 1, Episode 4, A Race to the Finish. Thal and Jord are finally on their way to the Bunta Speeder Race, despite finding the time to save the galaxy from the evil Fromm gang. Before 3PO and R2 can secure the White Witch for hyperspace, a Lambda-class shuttle attacks them, damaging their sublight engines. It's the Fromm family. Size, Tig, and Vlix come to sack vengeance on the young crew by attacking their ship. Before they can do any crippling damage, Thal and Jord jump into hyperspace. The Fromms attempt to pursue, but jump into hyperspace backwards. Wrap your head around that one. <laughs> How does yeah, that work? That's a little confusing. Yeah. When the young crew arrives at their destination, they find their engines were damaged, causing them to crash land on the planet, injuring Jord and damaging the White Witch. Ooh. Upon landing, R2 makes friends with a local garbage droid. Everyone heads into town for the race, while R2's new droid friend, Proto-1, Promises to fix the ship. 3PO warns R2 about trusting other droids. 
Meanwhile, the Fromm family meets with a stranger who agrees to bring the speeder pilots to, to them. He would bring size to Jabba, but won't as he owes him a favor. Mm. This stranger is revealed to be none other than Boba Fett. <gasps> well, I guess we talked about him, so it doesn't... From Star Wars. <laughs> not that... from, from the Star Wars movies. Tig is terrified of Boba, but knows <laughs> that the young racers are now in for it. Back at the shop, Thal will have to pilot the witch because Jord won't heal in time. The other problem is repairing the witch, but that's solved when 3PO befriends BL-17, a droid whose master is away, so they have use of their garage. Oh. Hmm, convenient. Meanwhile, Tig schemes to nab the young pilots before Boba can by bribing his henchman, Vlix. At the new garage, 3PO discovers that he and BL-17 graduated from the same production facility. 3PO ridicules R2, pointing out his lack of intelligence. That's kind of a BL problem right there, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. It really, uh, doesn't really gel with uh, the prequels anymore. It doesn't, yeah. So BL-17 joins 3PO in heading off to the parts depot, but not before their new droid friend sabotages a gas tank and damages the door lock of the garage. In a few minutes, Kea becomes nauseous. R2 attempts to get out, but the door is stuck. At the same time, Tig attempts to break in to the garage to sabotage the witch with a grenade. A thermal detonator, to be exact. R2 uses a lifter to push the door open, scaring away Tig and Vlix. With the witch exposed, BL-17 suggests a new place they can store it at a processing plant. So he and 3PO set off to stash the witch. Suddenly, the group receives a distress signal from 3PO. Meanwhile, at the processing plant, 3PO and BL meet up with their junkyard droid friend, Proto-1, who exposes BL-17 as one bad dude. 3PO attempts to vouch for BL, but realizes the truth when BL-17 turns on him. R2 blasts in, distracting BL-17, allowing 3PO to push BL into a trash heap that falls and crushes him. Thal and Kea finally arrive and realize it's a trap when Boba Fett opens fire on them. Tig and Vlix manage to install a timed thermal detonator on the witch to go off in 10 laps. This is all happening at the same time. It's wild. Proto-1 sees and warns the rest of the group after Thal heads off on the witch to the race. Thal makes it to the race just in time but with Fett in hot pursuit in his silver speeder. Fett uses the harpoon on the witch, slowing it down. R2 cuts the tow cables, and they pull away. Boba fires lasers and damages the witch, but R2 fixes it. A last attempt to disable the witch with a proton beam dislodges the thermal detonator that Tig placed, causing it to fly away and land on Fett's windshield. Fett manages to eject before his speeder is destroyed while Thal crosses the finish line in first place. They realize quickly that their attacker was Boba Fett and wonder why he was after them. Their confusion quickly ends when they meet Zebulon Dak of the Zebulon Dak Speeder Corporation. He offers them a job and they accept. Thal thanks R2 and 3PO when they are confronted by the Size Gang once again. However, their last chance at capturing the young pilots is thwarted by Proto. Taking advantage of the situation, Fett captures Size, Tig, and Vlix 
taking them to Jabba. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. On board Kea's ship, R2 patches into the bridge comms, and they overhear Kea, Thal, and Jord discuss not taking the Speeder Corp job because they won't allow the droids with them. They all agree not to take the job and blast into hyperspace. However, overhearing their conversation, R2 and 3PO leave in an escape pod before the jump to hyperspace. They agree that sacrificing their friendship so that they could take the job was the right decision, knowing they still were good friends. Roll credits. Aww. I felt like we were kind of missing a button on this episode, seeing like Kea and the others realizing the droid's sacrifice. Yeah. That was kind of like a, liked to have it was seen. a weird twist. Yeah. And I think having them kind of be like, oh, no, C-3O, uh, you know what I mean? Like, we didn't get that. We didn't get the satisfaction, at least, of seeing that. Did you think when, so when Thal is outside of their ship, like it's, they're about to leave, he like turns to 3PO and R2 and is like thanking them like they're parting ways. Like they're going to say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. He was like totally like, yeah. you know, thanks for everything you've done, you know, like. And then and then they go with each other. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. He was just saying goodbye. Like, that's how you say goodbye to somebody. I know. And so that I, I feel like there was a bunch of stuff that they like shoehorned in. They're like, oh, yeah, this would be really good. But then like didn't realize they kind of dropped the tempo with that scene right yeah. there where it was like, oh, yeah. OK. And I thought, oh, this is how they're doing it. 3PO is surely going to be like, we need to continue our mission to find our boss, you know, our master. And Thal and Jord would be like, well, I mean, we got a job now. So, yeah. you know, you're on a great yeah, planet. Best, best to... of luck. Yeah. Best of luck. Yeah. yeah thanks for but everything as, you've done. Like they didn't take that opportunity, even though they gave it the time. And it felt it totally very did. rushed that C-3PO and R2 were like, well, let's just jump in an escape pod. You know? Yeah. Like it just seemed quick, I guess. You know, for, yeah. them, for them to make that choice. Uh, I think we learned a valuable lesson here. I think watching these individually is a no-go. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> I also feel like the four-episode plot-wise, <laughs> I don't know, I'm torn. Because listening to your rundown right now somehow felt more complicated than the episode. But like you It hit totally all, was. You hit it all was... the beats. Like there's a lot going on here. But I feel like the real meat of the story, this could have been one episode and we got four instead. Yeah, you know, like we could have turned all this around like that quickly, and then it would have made a little bit more sense for C3PO and R2 like not to stick with them because at this point, you know, they're like blood. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I'm glad that we're I'm glad that we're pivoting to watching full arcs uh, moving forward because I do think yeah, while I'm not looking forward to sitting down for 90 minutes and watching it, I do think it will help get the full narrative structure on this. I think it will too, and you know. I, I thought long and hard about what my Okavark moment was for this. And I, I, I'm convinced it's not a moment. It's multiple moments. But okay. the, uh, the strong second place was why insert the From gang again when you've just introduced Boba yeah. Fett? And I think that really bothered me that like, yeah, they did too much. I think on a more positive note, I would say that this was maybe the most entertaining. Of oh, the yeah. We've done so far. Yeah. This was pretty entertaining. I thought it was good. And yeah, it, yeah the, all the size, the, all the from family, not size family, all the from family stuff was just so extra. Like it, it, was. it I hate those designs. They're not fun to look at. No. Like, yeah, I, I think my biggest thing here would be like, it was just joyless. Like it wasn't really a fun adventure yeah. and it wasn't, 
there wasn't really humor. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of rough when this. My only that, suggestion but. would have been like, instead of trying to go after them, their ship, their hyperdrives don't work. So they contact Bo- Boba Fett. They, con- you know, yeah. hey, we can't get them, but I know they're going to the the Bunta Speeder race, and you're, we know you're there. Yeah. So can you take care of them? You know, see, and now it would also be kind of cool if from this point on Boba Fett was like a recurring nemesis because yeah. that would give it a little bit of continuity as we jump. I think we're going to what have three more like owners, like three more so. groups of people yeah. the course of the series. So like having them constantly like every three episodes or something like running into Boba Fett and having that be a bit of a through line, I think would be helpful. But as I don't remember him being in other episodes. And when I looked it up, I couldn't find any okay. evidence that he was in other episodes. So I think this is it for Boba Fett. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I was wrong about who voiced him in the holidays. Oh, uh, yeah. So just, it was just you can't trust. It me. was just too much convenience. Like, oh, OK, somebody, you know, yeah. like some something's happening. And there's always that third person or that third thing yeah. going on. Like he wants them. But that I, guy, it's like. What is it? It's there's a meme out there and it's like that it's the Undertaker and that one wrestler. There was that crazy match where it was just like me thinking about this and then like the Undertaker's behind him. It's oh, that. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, everything yeah. was yeah. that, but then yeah. there's like another person behind yeah. the Undertaker and there's another person behind him and it's just like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, yeah. it's yeah. too much, you know? Too much." I keep trying to be upbeat and positive about this episode, but I just keep thinking of the things I don't like. And <laughs> All of the character designs are just so rough. Like the Fromm family, just awful. They just look like, yeah. I don't know, like Gungans or something. And like our heroes are just like mohawks and rat tails. I don't know. It's, they really uh, are like rat tails. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And then like, not I, good. I don't know, the whole thing too about like, oh, I didn't know that Jord was the, was the pilot because he does not seem like he doesn't was the a, pilot you know like tubby belly energy. like i'm the mechanic yeah. well fall is the yeah. Yeah. rock and roll mohawk speeder guy i know give us some cool looking guys yeah, yeah, you like, know give us some like cool i mean k is kind of cool i don't fully understand like the hot dog bun she's got head, like a that yeah she's got like a kind of a vibe duo yeah. hawk she's got like a yeah R- rufio true. or something <laughs> going <true>. on <laughs> rufio Love it. Yeah. I love it. I love the hook reference. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, you told me your penultimate uh, Oak of Arc moment. What, what ultimately took it for you? Uh, it, so mine is the fact that the Fromm family was even there, right? I, so when I saw them at the beginning of the episode, I was like, oh, I kind of thought they died. So I went back to the you, first you episode or to the yeah. third episode and it was like, oh, we need Look to we need to evacuate. And then you yeah. don't you don't see any distinctive ship that's theirs. You don't see them running away. Oh, it's just ships leave. Okay. And then the, okay. the, the, the Trigon one blows the thing up. And you I, I don't think you see them at the end. They're just not there. I don't think so either. So no, right. they're just written out. Definitely didn't need an encore. I'm with you. Yeah, that. I was kind of like, really? They really they survived it's like it just reminds me of the somehow palpatine survived yeah. and it's just like oh my <laughs> gosh stop yeah, yeah, like yeah. well i just kept being like okay so if you can use boba fett if you can use those characters like why are we looking at rat tail over yeah. here like let's you know well, let's pepper in some some recognizable characters it's wild <laughs> it's wild okay yeah well that's a decent yeah. one that we're seeing these guys again what about you well 
There's many things that I don't like. So I'm going to give it to one that I thought was just like a goofy. Uh, and it's the very beginning when R2 and C-3PO are out working on the ship. R2 has a welder's mask that he puts oh, on. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> he does. Why does why does he need a welder's mask? That doesn't make any sense at all. He's got like a little attachment where it like comes down over his face. And I'm just like, is it supposed to be funny? Is it like, is that a sight gag? I just don't of, know. But Yeah, waste of animation. Him having that mask, I, something about it. I was like, well, now I'm kind of changing my mind because I do think it's funny. Maybe that's why. Well, it's <laughs> also like this wide so. too. So like, I know yeah. that wouldn't work. You gotta be real careful of R two D 2s retina. I well, guess. the thing is too, sure. like that, the slag from that would get on his chassis, and that will True. that will stain and put yeah. molten slag you don't on. Want him. Stains. No, you don't want chassis stains. You don't want chassis. No, stains. it's not that's, a good look. Awful. Not a good look. No, it's really not. No one can pull yeah. it off. Maybe George. It's gonna stain his pearly uh, whites. Yeah, part of the whole package. Uh, <laughs> Ichiwawa, you got an Ichiwawa moment? Um, I just think. Boba Fett in general was my like, like our savior, the savior of this story arc is Boba Fett. Actually, I do think the Jabba reference was really cool because, okay. Um, size from did say I was the most, you know, we were the most powerful family in the galaxy. And then we find out from Boba that Jabba has a bounty on his head. And I thought that's cool because they're probably warring gangs. The hut, like it. the hut gangs and the yeah. from family gang. So I thought that was pretty cool. That like was like a good reference. Yeah. That was a a very well placed reference to Jabba the Hut. What about you? What, what, what was your what was your well, favorite? Mine is, mine, your one yes. favorite. Mine is Boba Fett related okay. too, and it's but the design they use for Boba Fett here because. When we saw him in the story of the faithful mm-hmm. Wookiee, that was before we'd seen Boba Fett in any other way. So he looks a certain way with the blue helmet and the different colors yeah. and things. This is post Return of the Jedi. So like we all know what Boba Fett looks like, but they didn't change the design to look like Return of the Jedi Boba oh. Fett. They used the faithful Wookiee design because this is before Return of the Jedi and all that. So I kind of liked the continuity. Look at that. With I missed that. That's like a me thing that, to complain it, about. That was good. That's that's. No, I mean that's point. That's right? good to it's, point it's, out. Yeah, I do. Re- that's right. This was '85. This came out yeah. two years after. So yeah, that's an yeah. interesting. That's so interesting. They, they did that like, kind of consistent with his like early days animated style, which has to be a choice. I mean, unless so, they're using some of the same cells as before, does this, which is totally does possible, this happen but, before Return of the Jedi or oh, Empire Strikes Back? Then well. Oh yeah, well you maybe. have to. Yeah, I now mean, it has, have to. Has to I mean, right? all of it kind of has. To. Yeah, it's it's definitely not post Return of the Jedi. I can That's tell you true. that uh, because yeah. you know, spoiler alert for Return of the Jedi, but Boba <laughs> Boba doesn't fare so well. Uh, and Return. That's of true. Jedi. Oh yeah, do it. Well, no, no. I mean, it could be like between Empire and Return of Jedi. No, but not really because R two D two and and C three PO wouldn't be separate. True, it was only about a year, right? I think. Traditionally, yeah. in the in the grand scheme of things, it's only about a year. So no, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It has yeah. to be before. Yeah, yeah. has to. Yeah, be. but anyway, I like that. I like that bit of continuity. I like the look of it too. I mean, I I think maybe the the blues and the blues and grays mm-hmm. maybe look better in animation than like sort of the greens and maroons might look. But that's probably true. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Well, best so far. I, I can <laughs> leave it at that. This no. is definitely the best episode of Droids I've Finishing ever seen. Finishing with a bang, at least. 
unfortunately the thing is a spontaneous combustion interest but uh <laughs> not the thermal detonator you know. we're getting a thermal detonator we've gotten a lot of thermal detonators at least this one looked like a thermal detonator remember there was the one episode where he's like a thermal detonator and it was like a tube and we're like that's not a thermal detonator that's like that's a, it looks it's like, like a tube all right well next time around uh we're going to be leaving the droids behind momentarily mm-hmm. and go back to the ewoks for Ewoks Comics number four, The Valley of Evil. Oh yeah. I think there's I think there's more dinosaurs. Yeah. So are dinosaurs evil? Dinosaur. Are they do they have evil connotations? I wouldn't say. I think it's the same thing with sharks. I think they're villainized by the media. It's true. Yeah, because uh, Land like Before no, Time is probably no. the second most famous dinosaur movie true. next to Jurassic true. Park. I mean it's Land mm-hmm. Before Time. What other dinosaur movie yeah. is out there, right? Yeah, that and Theodore Rex with Whoopi Goldberg. I think those three. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's okay. Everybody thinks of those three. We do have one more bit of business we have to cover, and that is your 40th birthday. Oh, because yes. this is the last episode we record in your 30s. Oh man, so, that's crazy. Yeah. The last one. After this, it's all downhill. It's it, it is downhill. It is downhill from because yeah. it's over the hill. So wait, this is over the hill 40? So over the hill's 40. So does it mean 39 I'm on top of the hill? 50 was over the hill? Uh, yeah, you could be on top of the hill. I'm on top of the hill. Yeah. yeah, I'm on top of the hill right now. 40 is over the hill. Enjoy it. Enjoy the view. Yeah, I think 50 is the new over the hill. That's what it is. Uh, person at work, so was like, they were like, wait, you're turning 40? And I was like, yeah. They were like, oh my gosh, yeah. I thought you were like 28. And I was like, nice, thanks. And they were yeah. like, well, you you just got a like young, young spirit. And I was like, yes, yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. I have a young spirit. We were just uh, over text today with our friend Dan. Shout out to Dan. Dan. <laughs> we were all comparing gray hairs. And, it's true. Uh, I think you're faring the best. I really do. I think... You see uh, it, right? You see it? I do. I see a little bit. I see a little bit on the chin. But I think overall, you win. My warrior patch. Uh, it's my... My sides, you call me Mr. Fantastic. You technically call me Dr. Fantastic, which is incorrect. But well, Mr. Fantastic, you're just more educated. Why is he Mr. Fantastic and not Dr. I don't know. He, he is he a, he's like a physicist. He, yeah, yeah, he's definitely a doctor. He's definitely. Probably because the villain was Dr. Doom and they didn't want to have like Dr. Fantastic versus Dr. Doom would be my guess. But I don't know. Oh, yeah. I think Stan Lee was just doing whatever he wanted back in the day. You know, whatever. Whatever he could pull out of Jack Kirby, he would do and take credit for. That's true. That's a that's a Stanley Burn, everybody. Stanley, right wait, no is Doctor Doom a uh, Jack Kirby creation? He doesn't have a crazy headdress or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Doctor Doom is uh is Stan yeah Stanley and Jack Kirby. Oh no way. Yeah, okay. Sure. Doctor Doom first. Well, no, Doctor Doom first appeared in Fantastic Four number five. So by that point, Mister Fantastic uh, would have already been named and appeared. So. Who knows? But ah, yes, I'm okay. getting to read Richard's great temples is the point of that story. Yes. Yeah. You are Mr. Fantastic. Uh, I mean, you'd be a great human torch, so we're halfway there. <laughs> I have been on we're fire many times. In a... Anyway, yes. happy birthday, old friend. Ah, thank you. I appreciate it. Welcome, Feel, welcome to Club 40. Feels good. Club 40. <laughs> yep, here we are. Okay, again, next time you watch comics number four, The Valley of Evil, then we're back with the Queen of Halloween for a Halloween spectacular. Oh, yeah, can't wait. All right, see you next time, old man. I will see you later. This Endorian Life was brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include 9021, Here We Go, previously on X-Men, and 90s Music Got Me Like. 
Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or X at Endorian Life. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts.